Welcome to Grace Community Church On Demand, the weekly podcast from the Sunday services at Grace Community Church in Rupert, Idaho. Here at Grace, we believe in building the kingdom of God one person at a time. We're passionate about loving God, loving people, and following Jesus. Let's get into this week's message with Pastor Travis Turner. Twenty twenty three is a season of power, and so we're continuing in our series today. I just want to say this that if you've missed any of these messages, I really feel that uh, that all of them are 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 powerful and um, and specifically for us today. It's a rhema word. It's a word for right now. Um, every single one of these messages, um, I believe, every single person can get something out of. And today. We're going to be talking about our women, but men, out of today's message, there's something in it for you as well. So men, don't stand up and remove yourself, please, now that you know that we're going to be speaking about women today. Before I get into my message, I just want to say what an amazing time we had at our Legacy Luncheon. And um, I want to just thank, I want to, first of all, we honor our elders. We're not going to say elderly, but we honor, we're going to watch our mouths. That's right. I heard somebody say that. Watch your mouth. I heard that. I'm being very careful, (laughs) but we honor our seniors. That's better. Our seniors, our senior saints is what we like to call them here. And um, our legacy luncheon is a great opportunity for, for us just to serve you an incredible lunch. And I just want to thank everybody that serves and comes together. My wife has done a tremendous job in pulling all of this um, together as well. But we do this every single month, and if you've not shown up to a Legacy Luncheon, um, I encourage you to do so. I've been asked many times, how old do you have to be? If you feel senior, show up. Some of you should be there, but you're, you're, not, you're not coming into grips with reality yet. And, um, you know, you're 94, you're a senior already. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but, uh, but anyway, just want to, honestly, like this is one of the biggest things and the best things that we have going in our, in our church. We have to honor better than, than, than what we've done in the past. And so it's very, very important. The second thing is, is we had a tremendous celebration of life service yesterday for Norm Wall. What a beautiful service that was. Would you please continue to pray for Luane? Uh, Norm went to be with the Lord a couple weeks ago, a week and a half ago or so. And, um, and anyhow, maybe it hasn't even been that long, a week ago. When was it? January 6th. It's been a while. It's been a while. Anyway, I, share, I shared yesterday, don't hold that against me, I got a lot going on up here. I'm fixing to talk about women, I'm a little nervous. Don't be judging me. Yeah, he just, you know, Norm is with the Lord is what Norm is, and, and, and uh, he's already experiencing what we're looking forward to. And so, with that, Norm, apologize. Okay, so... Today, we're talking about the power of a godly woman. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for today. Thank you for this opportunity to gather up. And Lord, you know I've put this message on pause for as long as I can. 
I pray, Lord, for grace and mercy today. I pray, Lord, that I will not be misunderstood in what I say. But, Lord, I just pray in Jesus' name that the Holy Spirit just be active and alive and present and powerful. And, Lord, let the Holy Spirit and your word speak to us today. Help me in the areas that I need help and uh, prepare our hearts to receive everything you have for us today in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Now, I do want to preface this by saying that several weeks ago, I spoke on the power of a godly man, and, um, and I got right into men's business. We don't, we don't pull punches. We're not looking to offend anybody. Um, but I can just tell you that's a much easier message for me to speak to men than it is to women. And so, women, I just really, especially if you have a bend to be offended easy, I want you to repent of that sin right now in Jesus' name. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I'm not helping myself, am I? I mean, I'm already kind of setting the stage that, uh, all right. So, yeah, grace and mercy, grace and mercy. So my question is this, what kind of woman do you want to be, women? What kind of woman do you want to be? I believe wholeheartedly that there's many types of women that you can pursue. I'm just going to share something that is disturbing to me. It doesn't have to be disturbing to you, but this has been this way for a very, very long time. Um, So many of our artists today... Um, were raised in the church. Many of our artists that have tremendous gifts and talents, they're raised in the church, and they're Jesus Christ professing women and men in the same category. But you would be amazed at how many of our top stars were raised in the church, filled with the Holy Ghost, filled with the Spirit of God, and, um, and then get a little bit of fame and a little bit of fortune. And then it literally is like our women are selling our souls or their souls. And the thing is, is Christian women are admiring. Christian women are following after some of these people that are not great examples. And, and, um, you know, not talking about any certain Super Bowl, but many of the women that have performed in Super Bowls have been raised in the church. And I'm just saying this, that, that if there is a slide, and this is what culture is teaching us, that it's okay to slide on your faith, slide on your belief, you know what I mean, to get a paycheck or to be relevant in the day and the age that we live in. And I'm just telling you this, that um, God will not be mocked. God will not be mocked. And so this message is really, um, is, is one that is probably far overdue. And I'm just saying to you women, it matters how you act. And I also just want to say this before I get into any further. Women, you're never called to be a man. You're never called to be a man. You're called to be a woman. All right, you read into that however you want. But um, So the question is this, if we're talking about the power of a godly woman, 
My question right out of the gate is, are you a godly woman? And the answer to that is there are many godly women in the church here today. And there are many godly, many women that go to church that are not godly in the church today. And I'm not talking this church, I'm talking about the church universal. Just because you go to church every Sunday and maybe even every Wednesday does not mean that you are a godly woman. Now once again, if you're having a hard time with this, go back and listen to the message that I spoke to the men just so you know I'm all about equal opportunity. All right. So Paul, a senior in the faith, a leader in the faith. Take two aspirin, call me in the morning. <laughs> Paul, a senior in the faith. He's instructing young Titus here on what the church should look like, specifically the verses I'm going to share with you, what women in the church should look like. Titus chapter 2 and verse 1 says this, but as for you... Paul speaking to Titus, speak the things which are proper for sound doctrine. Verse 3, you go down one. The older women likewise, that they be reverent in behavior, not slanderers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things, that they admonish the young women to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, homemakers, good Obedient to their own husbands, I feel the spirit of the Lord, that the word of God may not be blasphemed. Bold statement, a woman of God is becoming harder to find these days. What breaks my heart is for, and I use the same example for the men, right? But what breaks my heart is to have a young man that's doing things right and proper in the church, pursuing God, praying about what his destiny is going to look like, pursuing his purpose, saving himself, meaning not being with another until the night of marriage. And then he gets, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, come talk to me, saving himself. And then when he gets to the point where he's looking you know what I mean? To share his life, to marry a woman, it being very difficult to find a woman that has done the same. And I used the same example when I was talking to the men, that it's difficult for that woman, that, that young girl that's, that saved herself, that has pursued God, that is, that is trusting in God, seeking first the kingdom of God, and then coming to a place where they're ready to share life with another and not being able to find a godly man. And so, in the same way that culture has changed our men, please do not, do not think that culture has not changed our women, our, our young women. In fact, women today I hear are much like young men today of my day. Sometimes they're the aggressors. Sometimes they're the ones that are pursuant. Sometimes... You know what I mean? They're, they're, they they kind of just do what it is that they feel like doing. And men have always struggled with that, but now women are doing the same. So due to compromise in our world today, every single person, if they feel it, they feel like they can do it. And I'm just saying that we have this entitlement, this entitled um, uh, uh, approach to life that, that if it's there, it's for me. And so, and so 
you know, we don't, we don't hold back from anything that we, that we want to do. And we see this all throughout our young people, clear through, you know, our, our elderly in some cases. If I feel it, I'm going to do it. And so I was just thinking about this. What if women spent the same amount of money working on their inward beauty that they do on their outward beauty? What if you spent, sometimes a conference comes up and this is what we sometimes hear. Well, I can't afford to go that, go to that. I can't afford to, to invest the money in that area. Let me say it again. What if you, on a weekly basis, on a monthly basis, on a yearly basis, you start adding up all the dollars that you put into beautifying yourself outwardly, what if you were to invest the same amount of time also, time is a good one, the same amount of time and money in making your inside, your character, come on, who you are spiritually as beautiful. Sometimes ladies can spend a half hour getting ready. Is that too little? An hour getting ready to go to the gym. Right? Imagine if you spent that same time and the same dollars in, in making your inside that beautiful, your inwards is beautiful. So we gotta evaluate ourselves. Nobody's evaluating you. Today is a message that you need to evaluate yourself. Only you can answer this question. Verse three said, the older women likewise, that they be reverent in behavior. So women, especially older women, are you reverent in behavior? Because this is what Paul, the senior, is speaking to the junior, a junior pastor, Titus, who is pastoring a church, a young man pastoring a church in Greece or outside of Greece, in Crete, really, I believe, is where he's at. But he's saying, this is what women in the church are supposed to look like. Do you have reverent behavior? Reverence is this. Let me give you the definition. Deep respect for something or someone. Do you do what is right? The idea is if Jesus was there in your conversations, would you say the same things that you're saying? If Jesus was there, would you do the same things that you do? And oh, by the way, he's always there, right? So Paul is saying, listen, to the older women, and so when he says older women, what he's really referring to is, is that, that when you're young, when you're a young woman, how many of you know that you do some things that you, you do because you don't know any better, right? The idea is that as you get older, you know better, and you change the very things that you do. So the idea to the older women, to the middle-aged women, to those that have lived a little bit of life is the idea is that you're supposed to grow out of some things. So when you're younger, you may gossip because you don't know any better. But when you're older and you gossip, how many of you know you should know better? Amen? When you're younger, you wear some things that you, because you don't know any better. Oh, this is a good one. <laughs> when you're older, how many of you know you shouldn't wear some things because you should know better? 
the activities that you did when you were younger, they were fine because you didn't know any better. Maybe they weren't fine, but it's like, okay, we can give that a pass. They don't know any better. But the activities that you do when you're older, because you have more wisdom, you should not do because you know better. And so the older you are, the Bible shows us that the more reverent we're supposed to become. And then it says, once you've approached that place, now, older women, teach the younger women to do the same so that they don't have to take the time that you took to figure some things out. Like older women get connected with younger women and begin to teach them so they don't maybe have to have the same regrets that you had going through the things that you've gone through. Now you're an older woman and you're thinking, man, I really wish, I really wish, man, I wish somebody would have. But you be that person. Now, this is what the Apostle Paul is saying. As a, you know, in church, um, I remember when I was a little kid and I didn't go to church all the time, but when I was a kid and I did go to church, I remember wholeheartedly that the elders didn't have a problem getting into the, into the business of, of those that were younger, right? They had no problem if you, were, if you were acting up. It didn't matter what was going on. They had no problem going over and grabbing you by your ear and taking you out into the hallway and lining you out. And, and sometimes it wasn't like this authoritative, hard situation most of the times, there was a relationship that was formed between the elder and the younger so that it was easier also for the younger to receive it. I'm just going to ask you, do we see as much of that today as we used to see when you were a kid growing up? What has changed? The Word of God is the same. Amen? Okay, so Paul goes on in verse 3, he says this, not slanderers. What is slander? Slander is this, defamation. Slander is misrepresentation. Slander is gossip. Slander is to speak ill of somebody or to drag somebody's name through the mud. And my question to our ladies today is this, is are your conversations righteous? Are all of your conversations righteous? Do you build people up or do you tear people down? In fact, when I wrote this down, I was thinking, when would be a proper time to tear somebody down? You know, the Marine Corps is what came to my mind. Like, that's a proper time, you know what I mean, to tear somebody down. But outside of that, when is it a good thing for us to tear, especially the people that we love down? How many of you grew up? I've, I, I, I've, I've experienced some of this in my life being torn down. You know, being sometimes my parents being so frustrated. And I'm telling you, I gave them a right to be. You know what I'm saying? But, but I, I, you know, we hear of people that have said, you're never going to amount to anything. I had teachers that told me, boy, you're never going to amount to anything. It's not, it's not, there's not very many spaces or places where, where tearing somebody down is beneficial. I do believe it's beneficial in, in the military. I think they got to rid some stuff so they can build some stuff. 
But that's the only thing that comes to my mind. And so do you build up or do you tear down? Do you say things about others that you would not say to that person or you would not say in the company of people if that person was standing there? And, and this is what we say all the time. Boy, I, if that person was here, I would tell them right to their face. But then your countenance changes up whenever they're closed. It's like, oh. The truth is, is there's a lot of things being shared that would not be shared in the event that that person was standing right there. I think it's so interesting of all the things that the Apostle Paul could talk to young Titus about when it comes to women in the church, of all the things that he could talk about, of all those things he's talking about, teach them that it's important what comes out of their mouth. Teach them that what they speak, what they share, what they talk about, this is the, this, this is the one thing amongst a couple of things that made the list. Now listen, men, we've got our issues. Can I, all the women said amen. Men, men have problems. All the women said amen. Are, are you guys with me? But typically, not always, not always, but mostly, men do not have an issue with loose lips. Not always. Not always. Sometimes. But the Apostle Paul is teaching Titus in this area, teach the women to control what they speak about. And I'm just telling you, I'm, I'm sharing this with you, not to offend, but I know pastors that are not pastoring today because their wives could not keep their lips shut. It is important how you, and I just want to just honor my wife right now, honestly. I want to honor her because she does a pretty dang good job. And I'm so grateful for that. possible that there may be some phone calls today speaking negatively about this message. So Paul's telling Titus to teach women in the church, have righteous conversation. Don't talk about others. Don't gossip. No false prayer chains. Hey, we need to pray for so-and-so. Oh, yeah? Why? What's going on? Oh, you don't know? False prayer chains. Let's pray, but really what we're doing is we're disseminating information. And all, by the way, don't you know that by the time any of us have received something, it's been changed, it's been manipulated, and then the other thing is, is most of the time, you don't have the full story. You've got one half of the story, which is from the one person that told you about the story, but you haven't even taken the time to even know what the other side of the story is. And that's one of the first things that I learned in, in, as being a young pastor was, was, wow, there's always a second side. 
There's always another side to the story. So Paul continues in verse 3. I think this is interesting. Not given to much wine. Paul is addressing Timothy about women in the church. Not women that don't go to church, but instructing women in the church to encourage them not to give in to much wine. Why would Paul tell us this? Why would Paul talk about wine and women in the same conversation? And I'm telling you, whenever I've talked about drinking, y'all know that I've had a, a, a battle with, with drinking in my history. Don't have it anymore. Praise the Lord. But, so, so from the pulpit, many times I will say drinking is not a sin, and it's not a sin. It's not a sin. But whenever you start having the conversations, when people come up, it's like, you know, it says, hey, not given to much wine. Like, what's much? How much is much? If you're concerned about how much much is, much is too much already. Your much is too much. Like, if that's, the, if that's the focus, well, how much can I get away with in here, you know, before this becomes a problem? Then you're already heading the wrong direction. And the wine of that day was definitely wine. I've heard some pastors, it blows my mind. Well, wine, it wasn't ferment, it wasn't alcoholic. Crazy, 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 crazy. You got stories of people getting wasted in the Bible off of the same wine that they're talking about. And the reason why Paul is talking to Titus, teach the women not to drink what much wine, because it will, it will knock you over. Right? It'll, it'll change your behavior. And so I've heard just ridiculous stories about well, it wasn't even fermented and this and that. And that's how in the world? It was wine used for the same thing that it's used for today. But I'll tell you that wine of that day was not Tito's today. And it wasn't tequila today. And it wasn't Jack Daniels today, right? It's very different from that. And so more than just drinking, the context here is, is that you as a woman and also as a man can be bound by many things. Weed, marijuana. Man, I spent years thinking that when people were talking to me about their addiction to smoking, I thought they were talking about cigarettes. I am so far removed from now I have to now I have to qualify it. Hey man, I got a problem smoking. So are you talking like Marlboros or or when somebody says smoking, I used to think it was like like cigarettes. It's not cigarettes anymore. That's what it used to be. But weed, eating disorders, right? Some of us are emotional eaters. We eat all the time, no matter what our emotions are saying. Opioids is a huge problem today, wrecking lives. Stimulants like methamphetamine and cocaine and all of these different things that, that if you think that, well, nobody in the church is, 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 is dealing with any of those things, they are. And so the Apostle Paul is speaking to things that are limiting the women of, this, of his day. And I'm just saying there are things that are limiting women and men of our day. 
So godly women are verse three, teachers of good things. I gotta hurry up. The question is, is do you reveal what is right to people? Do you reveal what is right to, to other people? Do you model as a Christian woman what is right? The apostle Paul said to the, the men of his day, follow me as I follow Christ, right? If you don't know how to act or what to do, Put your eyes on me and watch how I follow. And so how we act, what we say, what we're willing to do, it all matters. Same thing when I was in, in church as a kid. I went to Bethel Temple as a, as a kid and there was, I saw many times the women in the church investing, spending time with, had no problem getting involved with the younger women in the church. There was a relationship there. There was a modeling that was taking place. And if somebody was doing something that, was not, they, that they were not supposed to be doing, they would say, hey, listen, sister, we don't do that. We don't do it like this. And then there would be a, there would be a change, right? The elderly were involved. And it was done through many times relationship. And I just also want to say this because whenever we talk about being a godly woman, sometimes the, the extent of what we're talking about is how we dress, right? I'm a godly woman because I dress properly, I get my nails done, and my hair's all where it's supposed to be. But sometimes just because you dress right doesn't mean that your heart is right. And there are some people that are so, 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 so dark in how it is that they, that they deal with other people, not bridging the gap in and through making a relationship older to the younger at all, not even a desire, not even an effort put forth. And so I'm saying that dress is only a very small portion of what it is that I'm talking about here today. And I'm thankful for our women here at Grace Church that are involved and invested in teaching and training our younger women. Can I just, I just wanna honor our women just real quick so I can dig myself out of a hole just for a second. <laughs> I, I'm telling you about this church. So we've been here 13 years now. When we moved to Grace Church, this is true, and men, I'm sorry, I know you had a lot to do and you were doing great things, but there were a few people that were going to the church. Uh, Bob says that it, that number goes down every time I tell a story like this, he's probably right. But there were probably 30 people that went to the church. Can I tell you, I believe the only reason the church had the doors open is because the women were making it happen in this church. I fully believe that had the women not had stepped up, this church would have closed its doors. No question. Robin, you were a big part of that. I don't know where the rights are, but there they are, right there. I mean, these women, they were making it happen week after week after week after week. And had they not done that, I believe the church doors would be shut today, right? There wouldn't have been a church to come pastor. And I'm just saying that we honor our women that are involved, invested, and, and, and live sacrificially. And so, so we have a lot of great things going on here. But somebody say we still have room to grow. Verse 4 said, admonish the young women to love their husbands. I'm going to say this, I'm going to jab, and then I'm going to get out so I don't get hit back. The way that I see some women, even in this church, loving their husbands, it hurts my heart. 
The way I see some women loving their husbands, and I'm not close to any relationship, but sometimes it's blatantly obvious how some women love their husbands, it breaks my heart. Absolutely hurts my heart. If my wife talked to other people about me, like sometimes I hear some women talking about their husbands when they're not around, it absolutely breaks my heart. And I'm saying this, that verse 4, admonish young women to love their husbands. A woman's love has the ability to change the course and the trajectory of the man in her life's life. Right? A woman has so much power in helping to steer and direct and, and to support and to change the direction of her man's life. So speak well of him. Stop saying what your man is not and start appreciating what he is. Encourage him. Support him. Respect him. For men, if you don't know, respect is huge. I'm just going to say this. Without looking at anybody, he was good enough before you got married. He was good enough for you to have children and babies with. He should be good enough now. And in fact, if he was just on point before you were married... The only thing that changed is he got married. Okay, moving on. Love him because he's not perfect. He'll never be perfect. In fact, if you see somebody else's marriage where it seems like the other guy's perfect, I promise you he's not. I promise you, like if, you, if you're like, man, I wish my husband was more like your husband. No, you don't. There's a whole new set of problems there. There's a lot of things that you would change in your husband, just like there's a lot of things that he would change in you. But this is the deal, is that you work together. You love him, you support him. And men, I'm just going to say this. I'm going to say it a couple of times. Make it easy for her to follow. Make it easy for her to love, right? Sometimes we don't do a very good job of making it easy. And so men, we can do a lot, take up a lot of slack right there. Number four, verse four, teach them to love their children. I used to say this, and I'm just being full out honest. I used to say this, that there's no stronger love than a woman, a, a mom has for her children. But you know what? I don't say that anymore. You know why? Because I see so many women in our world today, not necessarily in this church, but so many women in our world today that, that ch uh, children are getting in the way. That, that, that they, they, are, they are more about serving themselves than serving their children. And it blows my mind. Like, I don't say that. Like, I, I firmly believed in the past there's no str stronger love than a woman for her children, a mother for her children. And, man, we see sometimes children just being put on the back burner because they're chasing their own dreams and their own priorities and their own desires. And that breaks my heart. 
And so if you are making your kids a priority, I just want to say we honor you. We thank you for that great example because there are a lot of women that absolutely need it. And I also want to just say this. I'm thankful for my mom, which I'm asking you to pray. Tina and I ran down to Boise yesterday. She's not doing very well. She's in the ICU. But I'm thankful to my mom that even as an adult 51-year-old man, she's always put us kids at the top. And, uh, and what, a, what a wonderful, wonderful example that she has been, and I sure appreciate her. Verse 5 is this. Teach them to be discreet. I ain't got time. I'm going to hit these quick. So have your passions under control. Women, you've got passions. You've got desires. Paul is teaching Titus to teach the women to be discreet. Have your passions under control. Teach them to be chaste, to be pure in heart and pure in how they act. Teach them to be homemakers. You women have a priority first in the home. That's not me. That's Bible. Let me just say it like this. Women, you set the atmosphere in your home. The truth is, the truth is, everybody could come home. Man, what a fantastic day that dad had a great day at work, had a powerful conversation with the guys and whoever's in the office or whatever. Kids, man, had fun. They won their football game. If everybody comes home so excited, but the wife is off, there goes the evening. That's the truth. They have the ability to set the atmosphere. Women, you control the ability to set the atmosphere of your home. I'm telling you what, Tina, I think she was just testing me the other day. She is, a, she is an incredible homemaker. In fact, if the house is not spotless, she doesn't like anybody to visit. I'm like, babe, our house is always clean. You always do a great job. But she did this. She did this. She cleaned off all the counters in the kitchen, and there's not much ever on the counters in the kitchen. She lit a candle, couple candles. Everything in the whole living space, the living area is in its proper place and order. This is how she lives. In fact... I'm not even going to go there. But this is the deal. I walk in and I'm like, man, this house smells so. And whoa. I, and I just told her, I said, babe, thank you. This, I feel good just walking into this. She said, see, 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 it makes a difference, doesn't it? She said, I want you to do this. She said, take a mental picture of this right now. And she... <laughs> Oh, and worship music. That was the other thing. She's got worship music on the, on the, the, the television. I just step in. And I'm like, man, this is my sanctuary, you know? And she's like, take a mental picture. Don't forget. Shoot, I'm out of time. Wait a second. There's one more. There's one more to talk about. Verse 5. You thought I was going to skip it. You were hoping I was going to say, don't go there. Nancy's like, she's like, you're feeling for me, I think, right now. Your Bible says, not my Bible. I didn't pull this out of, you know, some ancient translation. 
It says, teach the women, older women, older women, still speaking to the older women, teach the younger women to be obedient to their husbands. See, this is the deal. What, what Paul knew about Titus, Titus, I believe, was pastoring in Crete. And so there was a lot of new believers coming to the Lord, much like today, right? But these unbelievers, and especially the women that were unbelievers, were very, very, very disrespectful to their husbands. They, they, were, they were large and in charge. The culture was very opposite and different than what kingdom culture was, much like today. This is why these truths can sometimes be so, so, so hard because it's not our culture today, right? We, 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 don't, we don't talk like this, but I'm just telling you folks that there's always been an order, there will always be an order, and there is an order right now in the home. And it goes, God, it doesn't mean he loves us any different. Those of you that dance, somebody always has to lead. If you have two people that are leading, you don't got to dance. You've got a broken leg. Right? And so there is order and structure because God is a God of design. Well, what if my husband is not easy to follow? Like, what if he won't even, won't even lead? Then you then you submit yourself to him as you are submitting yourself to the Lord. And then this was brought up in our pre-service meeting. Because many times, the reason why we don't allow the men to lead is because we don't trust God to change his heart. And I'm just saying this, that I fully and firmly believe that when you begin to have order in your household, then what's going to happen is, is that man, because you're honoring God with how you treat him, how you honor him, how you follow him, right? Then God's going to change the course of his heart and his direction as well. But sometimes, like I struggle with, like, like honestly, I'm on the pulpit right now, right? I'm here. I'm not saying we got this figured out. Because there are some times, guys, that I have a very difficult time trusting that God is going to pull, pull through. Even though he has never let me down. Even though I've never, he's never, he's never come up short. But our humanity, our flesh is like, will God really do this? And I'm saying this, that I fully firmly believe that he will. And husbands, once again, make it easy for your wives to follow your lead. I ain't got much time. I'm going to shut it down right there. Is that okay? Is anybody angry right now? Let me pray for you. Actually, honestly, um, the, the, the truth is, the truth is, is this. The truth is that after a message like this, because we're all a work in progress, there's not one woman and there's not one man in this place that's hitting the mark. Right? None of us are. And so, so listen, a message like this has the ability for a woman to be sitting in her seat saying, man, I'm not that, and I'm not that, and I'm not that, and I come up short there. I'm close maybe to this one, 
but I'm not that, I'm not that, I'm not that. And so the idea is for, you know, the possibility is on the table for women to leave the church today and say, man, I went to church just to, just to realize that, man, I'm missing marks all over the place. Why is he still even married to me? But this is the beautiful thing about the Lord. Listen, God's mercy and grace is new every single day. And so will you ever be all that? Never. You'll never be all that. You're never going to hit all the marks all the time. But just like I challenged the men, the idea is for us to grow in Christ. Amen. To get better in the Lord. As I seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, order comes. Order comes. The Lord teaches us. Women teach us. We get involved with one another. We share what it is that we've learned so that that next generation doesn't have to go through all the bumps and the bruises that you've gone through. Invest yourself. This is the key focus here is relationship. Relationship, relationship, relationship. Build a relationship so you can help as you grow. Just like Paul says, as I follow Christ, as Paul grows, then listen, follow me and you'll grow too, right? So listen, sometimes the word of the Lord is given just to, just to reveal where we are as compared to where it is that God wants to take us. And what do we do when we come up short? What do I do when I come up short? Which I come up short all the time. We humble ourselves. We pray. We go before the Lord and we say, man, I'm so sorry. Like I have, I have really missed it in this place. Will you please forgive me of my sins? Come into my life and change my, Lord, help me to be the man that you've created me to be. Women start to pray, help me to be the godly woman, the powerful godly woman, not a rug. When I say submit to your husband, it doesn't mean be treated as a rug and, and forgive even the church in times past that has not treated women, you know, more than, than, than a rug. Like, listen, your voice matters. I, I lean so heavily on what Tina thinks and, 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 and what do you think about this? And there are times where she comes to me where my head is in the clouds and she says, hey, 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 you better watch out this or you better look at that or, or have you thought about this? And I'm like, no, but I'm going to. And so, listen, this is a dance where you are working together. You are you're, 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 you're moving towards the same goals. You're growing in the Lord. And so God does not love men one bit more than he loves women. But there's structure. There's order and a working together. And if you need to help, if you need help figuring out what that looks like, please come and talk to somebody, right? Come talk to me. I'll be more than happy to help. But what it looks like in our space and place we communicate, and if, if we're at odds in our communication, then we try to get on the same page. But at the end of the day, when we've done all that we can, if there's a decision that needs to be made, I'm going to make that decision, and she's going to trust the Lord in my life enough, right, to support me and not fight me in that decision. 
But this is a partnership. It's not a, ah, this is what we're doing. Ah, I don't care what you, ah. I don't even know where that came from, but I felt like I had a real ugly face right there. Can I pray for our women today? And this is what I want as I pray for our women today. If you're married and your husband is here, what I would love for him to do is to lay his hand on your shoulder and you pray for your wife as well. Babe, I got, I got your shoulder right now. Okay. Lord, we thank you so much for today and we honor our women. We have so many great examples of, of what a godly woman looks like in our church, Lord, and we thank you for that. Just like I said, this church wouldn't be here had the women not stepped up. God, there are many victories in the Bible that were victories simply because the women did what the women were supposed to do. And we honor them today. We cover them today. We support them today. We believe in them today. We're thankful for them today. My goodness, what would it be like without such a different personality to share life with? Thank you for our women. We honor them and we bless them. But now, Lord, we also ask that they would just be challenged up, challenged up. Our world is going, it's, it's sliding away for kingdom things. Um, it's sliding away from those kingdom things quickly. And women are having the same struggle and difficulties our men are having. And I'm just asking in Jesus' name that we would yield to the Spirit of God, that we would pursue righteousness, that we would pursue truth, and we would be examples that people could follow. Let our women in this church be examples that women can follow. Let them build relationships with the younger women. Let the younger women know that they're loved and supported. And also, Lord, let our younger women honor our older women. Let them honor them instead of just thinking that they're disconnected and they don't know anything but they themselves were just a few years back in the same place and position and of course time is a great teacher the lord and the holy spirit is a better one let there be a real working together between the elderly and the younger god we need a move of the spirit to change our hearts this culture is violent it is aggressive, but this is what I know, is when the enemy raises a standard against the church, Jesus raises a greater standard against the enemy. And I'm asking, Lord, that we would just have representation in this area. Let our women be strong and, and, and disciplined and determined, but also humble. I pray these things today in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. That's it for today's teaching. Hey, here's an idea. Share today's message with a friend or family member. If you're listening from outside our fellowship, we'd love to meet you. Visit graceid.org and hit the contact form to get in touch. We'd also love for you to join us. You can even check us out on Facebook Live by searching Facebook for Grace Church Rupert ID. Learn more and plug in at graceid.org. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Grace Community Church.